0: Hello and welcome to the Success A Great Podcast with your host I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success A Great podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success A Great podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. In this episode, we are going to be talking accountability in
1: business, scaling with ease. My guest talking about these topics. His name is Ken Baskins. He's the founder of GCE Strategic Consulting and the Shift Spot. He's an accomplished CEO and CEO and executive coach. He brings a broad range of leadership experiences including operations, sales, acquisitions, strategic planning, and TL management, up to 500 million, while leading teams north of 400 people across North America and Europe. His mission is to help CEOs and owners to finally solve the core problems that shackled them up. So he created a community just for them that called The Shift Spot, where CEOs learn to take control of their business and their lives. So Ken, welcome to the Success Great Podcast.
2: Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Great to be here.
1: Awesome to have you here on the show. So, Ken, first of all, because this is the Success Secret Podcast, I want to tell the Success Secret Nation, what is your definition of success? And what do you see or hear other people have certain misconception about what success is?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, I think the success is putting a goal out there, regardless of how hard or easy it is, sticking to it and achieving it. Right. So, you know, we can all have different definitions of success, but doing what we say and actually doing it and accomplishing, in my opinion, would be my definition, my pure, simple definition of success.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's very important. You have your own personal definition. A lot of people talking about how much money they have in their bank account, but that's uh, not that much relevant if you don't have the ability to do whatever that you want to do, I assume, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, success could be, hey, I want to, I want to raise the best family I can. Success would be, I, I, will, I want as much money in my account. But you know, whatever our own personal definition of success is, we've got to plot that course forward and and stick to it. And and I, I think that's that. You know, in my opinion, is everybody's success is driven by that individual. So
1: awesome. So can you walk us through first of all a little bit about your story? Where and where and how did you reach and achieve the place where you are now?
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, my story started in childhood, like they all do, right? <laughs> and I I grew up in an entrepreneur family, and uh, my my parents were the type of parents that that took a lot of business bets all the time, and sometimes they worked, and sometimes they did not work so well. And uh I I, I literally remember one time, you know, my mom, you know. Come into my bedroom and asking to drive me down to the bank to borrow some money out of the bank account because our phones did not work, mm-hmm. right? And then you know six months before that, going on these massive ski trips where there was tons of money. So I learned living in that extreme. I did not want to raise my family that way. So I actually went the corporate route, and for many decades, I um, you know. I, I, Grew up in a corporate environment, worked for big companies like Oracle. I was in their executive track and everything. Um, and as you noted earlier, managed P&Ls up to half a billion in very large teams as well, and gained a lot of operational experience doing those sort of things. And then for the past nearly a decade, I've been a fractional executive, actually parachuting into companies um, and known as a fixer is the best way to put it. So in uh, fixing companies that are you know, struggling or owners just can't figure out how to get to the next level, and that's quite honestly what drove the brainchild of the shift spot. I started seeing all these similar movies repeat over and over again of just poor hiring practices and making emotional decisions ba- versus fact-based decisions, and not utilizing systems and processes, but throwing bodies at scenarios and everything. And I wanted a way to help more entrepreneurs and more CEOs, so came up with the shift spot.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Like because there is a lot of involved. In a business, and if you want it to grow, though. So my first question would be is like, does every entrepreneur or each business want to do they actually want to grow? Because sometimes we hear about that some people are afraid to change, like this can be related to comfort zone in businesses or personal development in any person, right? So do, do yeah. each person or is it mandatory for each business to actually grow? Or there are from your experience here in Syria certain entrepreneurs or businesses that they are comfortable where they are and they want to stay that way
2: well some are comfortable but you actually bring up a good point and i've actually heard this multiple times right so i i worked with a uh, ceo out of germany right now and you know she started as an seo consultant and she's incredibly good and her brand took off and everything and suddenly she's got a uh, A firm of 20 people and she's questioning if she should scale backwards and and go backwards and she's like you know she's struggling with when she ever she has to fire somebody she's struggling with you know understanding the financials and. And everything so that can be daunting and challenging right so some ceos do struggle with that and question you know should i actually go backwards it was easier and the answer is you don't you don't have to you don't have to do that you just got to put the right infrastructure in place and the right building blocks so that you can scale effectively and efficiently but um but yeah i think i think oftentimes and also if you look at statistically out there 50% 50% of all business owners actually learn everything they know about uh, business doing their own company, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, take fa- people like my father in that example. My father taught him every, himself everything about finances. He didn't go to college. He taught himself everything about leadership, you know, on the job. So, it's a lot of expensive mistakes that you can make, clearly. Mm-hmm
1: the best way that we can learn is to learn about something with from books or other things and actually apply it. Because if you learn from someone else or books or whatever, and then you don't apply it on your own business, on your own life, that would be, I assume, it will be useless.
2: Right. Agreed.
1: Yeah, of course. So now, how, like, from companies that, that they actually want to grow, because I assume growing for a business means yeah. more clients, which equals to more revenues, which equals... at the end more profits at the end of the year so what do you see that businesses that they are doing key things that are preventing them from going to the next step or next levels in their business is it like there are a lot of keys maybe they the wrong hire the wrong people a lot of things that can be involved in that right
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things. And honestly, there are all the areas actually in that little circle behind me, some in my virtual world behind me that that we hit. But human capital is a big area. Right. So people tend to either fire too quick or don't fire quick enough or struggle in the areas of attracting talent. And even if they attract it, how do I retain talent? Right. Uh, Finances, right, how to utilize numbers to your advantage, right, to your competitive advantage, how to read your financials and everything and utilize data and KPIs to actually, you know, uh, to, to manage your company and then the basics the differences between leadership and management and they are they are different right so understanding and being a great leader which is setting the vision and that 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 goal out there if you will and man and being a great manager is giving the people the the tools that they need to be successful so those are two just basic things right And then you need your sales and marketing machine to operate and hum as well, right? So, um, and make sure that you're making the right investments back into sales and marketing continuously. And that varies upon your industry and growth rates and everything. And then, uh, you know, something that I think a lot of smaller companies, and when I say smaller, 100 employees or below, and I don't know how Jordan is, but that makes up 98% of all companies in the United States are, are 100 employees or less. But systems and processes and how to operate more effectively and efficiently and eliminate errors for your clients and your employees. But having those building blocks in place and understanding them and then, you know, challenging those areas and always building upon them are the ways that, you know, to achieve scalability with ease.
1: Yeah, definitely. So like there's a lot of things that between people in the business systems and automations and uh, maybe other people outside of the business that might affect the business for example suppliers might that might be an issue also but right so like but if we are talking about employees for example there is a lot of things involved with an employee like how much skilled they are how fast they can learn and apply how yep. competitive for example they are in the workplace yeah how accountable they are being in the business and how they do things so we know that certain things can take a little bit of time more than others people, right? They do. Right. So, right. yeah. So how do we know, like, if it's possible? Actually, I watched a video by Gary Vee that a business will never hire. They will always hire wrong, something like that, he said. Because you don't know, even if you study the person, I even interview most businesses, big companies, sometimes we interview one, two, three times uh, the person. So, but eventually, you don't know how effective this person could be, how good they will be in the workplace, or in the systems that they will be working on. How motivated they are to give right. the business or company. Right. These are a lot of different issues. Well, right. And what in whatever department that they are you they are in. Like for example, you mentioned marketing and sales. These are the driving force for any business like to get the word out about the business the 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 products and selling them to customers who actually need them so how do you know that you are kind of hiring the person who might be more in line with the culture of the company for example
2: oh so how do you make sure you're hiring the correct person yeah yeah, well, I mean, so there's a big shift in um, hiring philosophies here in the United States. I don't know about globally, or if you're seeing it in your area. But uh, we're, we're actually starting to shift based upon experience and and background from education. Right. So, you know, if you look at a person, you know, I, I like to always look at a person's resume and then have them actually walk me through the resume, regardless of what position they are. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to gain insights into not what they did, but why they made the moves they they made. Right. Was there a methodical approach to their career? Right, If they can articulate, say, for example, I, I was making stuff up, I'm, I was in sales, and I was selling shoes, and I knew I wanted to get into high tech, and then I did this and I did that, if they can articulate that career path, and then those success points, those are some things to look for, right? So we're, we're in the States, we're starting to make a shift in looking on, on a, what you've done and experience over the education. So take a look at that, dig into that really deeply. I also believe in doing testing, right? So a lot of testing, uh, you know, Colby is a great test for cognitive, not cognitive things. I like to run behavioral tests on people as well and look at that. Now, you can't not hire somebody because of testing, but you can use it as a litmus test to actually, you know, to actually uh, for the entire package, right? Right. And then make sure that you have an interview structure that that flushes out all the core things that that are most important for that job, right? So if I'm hiring a leader, you know, for example, in my business or a manager of people, I always dig into the exact same areas. I dig into human capital, hiring, firing and, and, and mentoring employees. I dig into how they, what sort of tools and resources they use to monitor and measure their division and/or their business. And I'm looking for scorecards and KPIs and things around that that nature, if you will. I'm looking at communication skills, how they communicate up across the organization and down the organization. And I'm looking at project management skills as well, because as managers and leaders, you're always going to take on something strategic, you know, uh, once a quarter, a couple of times a year. How do they go through that? But then also understanding how to deeply pull back the onion and get to the truth. And I think a lot of people, when they interview, are very surface level. So there are a lot of other things that you can put in place to, you know, to increase your odds of success on actually hiring the right talent. But I do agree with you. You fully don't understand it until they are on board. And sometimes when they don't work out, we also got to look at ourselves because that could be cultural differences. That could be of how we supported them or didn't support them. Did we set them up for success or failure as well? So we've got to constantly look at that also. Mm -hmm. So it's not a simple answer, right? I mean, there's a lot to finding the right talent and bringing the right talent in.
1: Yeah, But you mentioned in your speak now, one important thing that i believe it's very like maybe if if it's not the number one point communication like yes. from, from this is very important a lot of people don't really communicate well with other departments let's say and sometimes yes. they don't really communicate well within the same department sometimes yes. sometimes you might send an email for maybe approval or something to a certain department right you get you should get for example an answer from one of them sometimes you get the same answer from two three sometimes it's basically the same answer sometimes a different answer from the same thing from the same department so (laughs) i assume there is a communication problem so how do we solve this because i believe that communication is the most important thing
2: Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but specifically when I see those those areas or when people aren't on the same page, I insist people get on the phone and talk, either on the phone or talk and on video and talk. I think written communications uh, can often be misinterpreted and and confused. Um, And, you know, when I see those communication issues, I prefer to actually speak through it to be quite honest you can read people in their body language even if you're different cultures and different belief systems and everything those things don't come out in words right so i, I believe in solving a lot of those issues you got to do live as people still
1: so. yeah i think communication be, via email can be sometimes misunderstood so yes yeah getting uh, the vo- a voice to communicate with our voice yes. is much better than that, because you can actually get to the point much quicker than like sending emails, for example, back and forth. So that would take much of someone's energy. From your experience, what, let's say, some kind of stories or crazy stories that you have seen that wowed you whether in in
2: success or in failure of a business? You know, one of the scariest stories I ever came across uh, was I I was, um, I was a, Brought in by this guy that owned a, a, was an online supplements company out of Puerto Rico, actually. And he called me. It's about a $10 million business. And he and his his right-hand person, a COO, were questioning if they were outgrowing each other. And he, he wanted me to come in and sort of investigate and ask some questions and possibly coach this person up. And about a week of doing that, maybe two weeks of doing that, I, I told him that he should fire the person. Um, and he was shocked at that. And I told him that because I was getting the sense that this person was cancerous and they weren't doing the right things and he didn't really see it. And they were they were extremely important and critical to the company. So he insisted that we keep them for like two months and do a wind down gently and cautiously and all this because it would be too disruptive and against my recommendation we did that well about a month into the un, the winding down uh, I, I identified that this person embezzled a quarter of a million dollars from him um she was you know flying her family around the world buying her family gifts um uh, you know she evidently in the united states there's a special phone service you can use to communicate with prisoners <laughs> she had that so she was communicating with prisoners she had five different aliases, so he clearly did not do a background check, didn't do reference checks, and left him in a lot of trouble with some of the manufacturers and everything that were developing his supplements and put him in some legal exposure. So we reached out to an attorney, and uh, you know the attorney said, "Look, you can you you may or may not win. It's probably going to cost you half a million dollars to settle or or you know get to the end of this." And she will probably countersue you as well. So there's a lot of expense and you may not win. So we unfortunately had to shut his business down. So I worked with him to shut the company down, take his IP, take his products and sell those assets off. But yeah, those are that's one of my biggest nightmare stories, if you will, which I think goes right back to make sure you hire right <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and, and make sure you take it serious i mean people mistakes are extremely expensive that's that doesn't happen every day right but um people mistakes are expensive
1: yeah so. exactly that. It's, they take a lot of time training resources so you want to try to avoid that as yeah. much as humanly possible i assume yeah. yes so <laughs> this is yeah so this is one of the things that actually A business owner is doing like they want to hire so that they are working in the business or on the business. So what is the difference between these two? Like if I want to grow my company and they are more people, so which one, which side I want to be on?
2: Well, uh, probably on the business, but working in the business is, you know, if you think about those owners that they're, they're working 60, 70, 80 hours every single week, right? And they're doing everything. I'm doing my own books. I, you know, I'm doing sales because I'm better than everybody else. Uh, I'm solving all the problems. My staff comes to me. I'm the, I'm the problem solver, right? And we really want to get to the place we're working on the business and we have a scalable, you know, repeatable business that we can even exit someday. And working on the business is putting yourself in a more strategic position where you're dealing with your top clients, your top partners, doing you know all, all the visionary type things, planning for the next stages of your company and everything. And you know, and you know you think about it when you're in the tactics and then the weeds and not leveraging your staff and getting things done through people, you're not thinking that way, right? So we really need to set ourselves up and set our company up where we as owners or CEOs can do exactly that, work on the business.
1: In your own business, what would you say some of the best advice or even if you have received some worst advice to help you out? Some people give you the best advice or maybe if there is some kind of uh, worst ones.
2: The best advice or worst advice in my business, is boy, I'm not sure if I have a an answer for you. Nothing comes to mind. What is the best advice? Um, I think the best advice is just don't give up on the vision, right? Stick to the vision and don't constantly change and shift and uh, and move around. And um, you got to know when to adjust but don't overdo it, right? And I think also a lot of business owners tend to do that too, right? We want to make radical changes, right? Which creates a whipsaw effect on our people. So, but that's that's probably some of the best advice I've gotten.
1: Mm, yeah, that's important. But now, example, speaking of this vision for any business, so this can be related to what exactly I mean, should, vision? Should we relate it to, let's say, monetary Uh, goals or value goals for the vision, vision, yes, or should we relate it to people and customers that we serve?
2: It should incorporate a a little of all of that, right? So, you know, what, what is the big aspirational goal that you have, right? But what is your also your cause and your purpose, right? So my cause and purpose is to help other business owners and CEOs with 10 years or less of experience 100 employees or less of experience scale with ease and get to the next level so that's my per that's my purpose and and that vision is fulfilled through you know the community the financials behind that are a component but they're not my you know that's not you know the core driver does that make sense
1: yeah so now can you walk us for example through a quick example how do you work with your clients
2: yeah. So when you when you sign up to become a, a community member of ours, you go through a process, a, an onboarding process, and you're assigned an accountability coach. And that accountability coach will work with you on a weekly basis. Uh, Just it's a short call, 15 minutes a week to make sure that you stay on point with some of the goals, professional goals that you've got. And then we have 144 events through the year that are online to participate and they're professionally facilitated. So we'll bring in experts in all the core areas and discipline around finances, sales, marketing, HR, et cetera, systems and processes But then we also have calls established, professional coaching calls and um, also issues calls where CEOs, if you can imagine, come to a virtual room and bring some of your toughest business issues to the table. And it's facilitated. And we look to help solve those together and solve those real world problems. So, for example, if you have to fire, you know, your, your top, you know, your right hand person for some reason. Right. And you've never done that before. That'd be an issue to bring to the table. I've got to to let this person go. What's the best way? How do I mitigate the risk of that? Those are some of the problems and things that we help CEOs solve.
1: So what would you say some of the, let's say, resources, tools, or books that would help business owners or CEOs or entrepreneurs to uh, can accelerate their success and grow their businesses?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of great ones out there, but a couple of my go-tos are Good to Great is a a book. And then uh, The the Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell. I I love that book. Um, It actually talks about... You know, you can be a great leader, but you go into a new company or take on a new team or do something new. You start all over again by, you know, the the, the first level leadership. And it's all about growing in trust and, and and connectivity with your team as well. But those are two books that I, I highly recommend for any, you know, business owner or leader, good to great or, or the five levels of leadership.
1: Can what can people get in touch with you, learn more about you, reach out to you?
2: Yeah, so, so go check us out at theshiftspot.com and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll read about a lot of us, our community and everything and set up some time with us if you'd like, or send me an email at ken at Thank
0: you for listening to this episode of the Success Grid podcast. Please subscribe wherever you are listening, rate the show on iTunes, and go visit the website
1: successgrid.net.